On an all-new Buffy, he was Willow's true love until one fateful night forced him to walk away. Now, Oz has come home. I can be what you need now. He didn't change. He said he was going to find a cure, and he did. But the world he's come back to has an unexpected rival. Oz is a werewolf. Love isn't logical, Riley. Seth Green returns, and all new Buffy. <laughs> Welcome to Jeff Orkin, rest in peace. Also known as If the Apocalypse Comes Beat Me, this is a weekly-ish podcast about Buffy the Vampire Slayer where we take a look at each episode according to its original air date 20 years ago, and this week's episode is Season 4, Episode 19, New Moon Rising. We're talking about plot. We will be talking about characters. We will be talking about lesbians and bisexuals and gays, oh my! So spoilers abound for this episode, every episode before it, after the comics, and possibly even other shows and movies. From the sound of those massive mud flaps, it seems like it's time for beat me. Welcome back. Hello, hello, hello. My name is Kelly, and I am joined by my two wonderful, just absolute darling co-hosts, Daniel. Say hello. Willow and Oz were practicing safe social distancing when Willow tried to go up to say hello to him after he got out of his prison cage, and he's like, "Back away, no. back away." No. That's true. How apt for the times we're living in. Stacia, say hello. I don't have anything interesting to say <laughs> like that. Yeah, you gotta come with the. Hello, it's good. Hello. Hello. Great. Boom. Fantastic. That is what I asked you to say, Daniel. Uh, and we're here to talk about season four's episode 19, New Moon Rising. Originally aired on May 2nd, 2000. Written by Marty Knoxon of Marty Knoxon fame. 16 of 23 for the series for her. Last one was Goodbye, Iowa. Next is Buffy versus Dracula. Can't wait for that. Directed by James A. Contner, 10 of 21 for him for this series, the last being the IM team, and next up will be Prime Evil, so we'll see him in just one episode. Um, what happened in this episode of Bucky the Vampire Slayer? Do, do you know? Motorcycles. Uh, Oz is back! Hey, you remember Oz? I do remember Oz. Detroit by Seth Green? We love Oz. Uh, he's back, and it's great. Who couldn't want Oz back, especially Willow, who definitely still loves him. Oh, wait! Willow is in love with Tara. Well, that complicates things. Also, uh, Oz found a super sweet cure for his werewolfism where he can control it, it seems like. Oh, except for when he finds out that the girl he loves uh, is boning down with another lady and it makes him freak out. Wow. Turns into a werewolf and he gets captured by Riley, our favorite commando. Uh, actually, he's not even in that. Is, is he, he not? Is he not yeah. our favorite? He's my favorite commando. Graham, Graham's my favorite. Graham's your favorite? Yeah. Name your favorite initiative. <laughs> What's your favorite? <laughs> oh, what a tough decision. Willis, the one who gets mauled to death in this episode. No, you're in, you're in a cage. Forrest. Riley pulls a gun on you. He's about to Forrest. assassinate you. Forrest, okay. He wears the most cozy <laughs> turtlenecks. Yeah, he does. He's always rocking the sweater. So it's looking sure. good. So snugglable. Yes. Uh, they capture Oz as he's wolfed out. Nobody knows because Tara definitely couldn't have told him in the time that it took him to be captured. Uh, and then Riley goes to fucking murder Oz and luckily he transforms back into Oz form instead of werewolf form so like wait he's a person we don't kill people here usually except for when we do um, so Riley reassesses his life decides to up in his entire military career and become an oh, anarchist <laughs> yes. I'm an anarchist self-proclaimed anarchist uh, and breaks Oz out of jail fake jail initiative jail uh, Willow tells Oz in uh, 
sad moment in the band that, hey, buddy, just it's not it's not our time. It's just not going to happen right now. It's like, I get it. But we can't talk about this anymore because I might turn to a wolf and kill you. Okay, bye. And then Willow meets up with Tara, put the power out, and has a little cute moment. Were they outside of it's a fish. Oz's old place when they were in the van? Maybe. Okay. Uh, he did say he was going to try to crash with Devin. With Devin! Devin! I know, I know. I, I was going to save that for the watch. But I know, sure. we can't, yes. Can't wait for it. Yes. But were they, they weren't outside. They were just in a nondescript place. I, I think they were either outside of where Oz was staying. It would make more sense that if they were outside wherever Willow's dorm room is, right? Because, like, theoretically, she's going to get out of the car. Yeah. And he's going to drive away. And it'd be weird if he just dropped her at Devin's place randomly. He's like, find a way home! It's <laughs> my well, last fuck you to this town. Now he's a villain, so maybe he does. Oh, yeah, maybe. Uh, there's not any firsts. In this episode, really, except for, oh, wait, groundbreaking television. We have, like, one of the officially confirmed first long-standing relationships with actual human being characters on television. Wow. Only that. Not a big deal. Oh, and also, very important, um, Jape. Do you remember Jape? Of course you don't. Because he wasn't named yes. in the episode. Jape is the name of the character, the uh, vampire character in Superstar that's, like, Adam's lackey that we never see again. He was supposed to be in this episode, mm. but his scene got cut. And we literally never see him again. Like, we saw him in Superstar. He was not explained why he was there. He was not explained why he was no longer there. But he almost was in this episode. Isn't that exciting? No. R.I.P. Jeep. Wow, yeah. Um, really changes my opinion of this episode. Doesn't mean you haven't gone through a lot. It's true. Some of it, you know, is me telling myself I hated you and cursing your name. Not literally. Thanks for that. I don't know. It's really strange when it starts off with just a lot of innuendos. I was really afraid that it was going to be all innuendos the way you've been innuendoing so far in this episode. I thought that the entire episode was going to be innuendos because we started with Tara asking Willow if she likes cats. Yeah. And it's like, is this some long winded way of. Bruh. It's like you're not allergic, right? And then you get Riley. Uh, I didn't think that Willow was that type of girl, obviously talking about being gay. And then it's weird to date someone who tries to eat you every month. It's like, oh, my God. <laughs> See, I didn't I didn't think any someone killed me. Right. And then it just stopped. And then it just stopped. So apparently it went over Marty Knoxon's head or it was just supposed to be I mean, funny. It went over my head. I think it was just sweet. They were just talking about adopting a kitty, which they do. No, no. But the, okay. Yeah, sure. They eat you once a month. Okay, whatever. Uh, anyways I just thought it was going to be like that the whole time and it wasn't which is good Uh, seeing Oz again was great I genuinely got like butterflies looking at Willow looking at Oz Oz even though I knew he was going to be there and Giles needs to shut his door but it's a oh god but it was a tense moment it was good yeah it was really good and her acting was so good she just can turn on the tears like nobody else and it was really good her scenes all of the scenes with her and Tara and her and Oz and even her and Buffy Honestly, Alice Oh, yeah, that scene really... specifically with her and Buffy, which I'll talk about in depth in a moment, yeah. uh, is, is really great. Yeah, Alice Hannigan. Beyond the it. initiative crashing this whole thing to a halt, um, again, it's it's a pretty solid solid attempt. I don't know. It just isn't that great. No. I just, it's, just, it's hard to sh- shoehorn Oz in and then kind of take him out for half the episode. And he was just like in a dungeon. Again, their commitment to having the initiative be in this show uh, ruined an episode, for sure, in my opinion. Except the weird thing is, we've been busy at the initiative. Our squads are pulling a lot more captures. So we've got demons coming out our ears. That's a metaphor. I got it, thanks. This is a good episode, but the initiative sucks. And it's sad that we have to spend so much of our time 
focusing on Riley and Buffy coming to terms with Willow being bisexual and not on her relationship with Oz or her relationship with Tara. They're not talking about Willow. They're talking about demons. Okay? There's not a one-to-one between werewolves and demons and lesbians. Okay? Or bisexuals specifically. Unless you would like a counter-argument. What what are you talking about? I don't know. (laughs) Who's talking about it? Who's saying? Demons aren't lesbians. Sure. I think. No. You wanted to make the werewolf joke. Here's your moment to make your werewolf joke. What werewolf joke? Or explanation. Of how bisexuals are werewolves. Oh. Bisexuals are werewolves. Oh, Jesus. You told me that a long time ago, that you're like, bisexuals are like werewolves. Because even if they're dating somebody of the same sex, they're still bisexual and if they're dating somebody of the opposite sex they're still bisexuals much like werewolves are wolves when they're people and and people when they're people but they're always werewolves right or sorry they're people they're werewolves when they're people and they're werewolves when they're wolves but they're always werewolves and i was like wow it really (laughs) makes a difference when people explain stuff to me like i'm (laughs) but you remembered it for a future podcast that she never knew was going to happen it all worked out in the end I love this. A woman in Tibet traded it to me for the Radiohead record. And we explicitly make that one-to-one when Buffy's talking to Riley in the end. And she's like, you found out Willow was kind of in an unconventional relationship. He thinks talking about Oz and Willow right. and Oz being a werewolf, but she's talking about Willow being a lesbian. That's what I mean. I was wrong about Oz. I was being a bigot. Oh, you weren't. You were thrown. You found out that Willow was in kind of an unconventional relationship and it gave you a momentary Wiggins. It happens. Still, I was in a totally black and white space, people versus monsters, and it ain't like that. Especially when it comes to love. I, this episode was really important to me, especially as a young, young gay, uh, watching this for the first You're time. Gay? Oh my God. I didn't want to tell you guys like this. I didn't expect it to come out on a podcast. Um, and I wanted to have, I think, Joe Morgan of Gay Star News <laughs> said it best. <laughs> There's so many fun websites about this kind of stuff. Planet uh, Out, Gay yeah. Star, AfterEllen.com. Well, After Ellen's a huge one. After Ellen's I've never, never heard of any of these. Oh, yeah. Well, that's because you're not a lesbian. <laughs> Otherwise, you would know. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Just, For lesbians, it's all that. After Ellen and Auto Straddle is another one. How do I... That's just wild. I just didn't know these existed. Subcultures, so. man. Who knew? Who knew? Um, anyway, Mr. Joe Morgan. or Joe Morgan. Joe Morgan. I don't know. Whatever. This was truly the first time we had a complicated, strong, and nuanced portrayal of female LGBT characters on TV in a way that we've rarely seen since. Watching Buffy as a gay teen... Con- con- oh, my God. Watching Buffy as a gay teen consistently bullied for my sexuality at school. These characters saved me. I saw a future, a hope, and possibilities. Buffy the Vampire Slayer didn't just save the world a lot. The show changed the world for the better. And I think that, you know, this... It's hard for me to talk about this as to why, like, this episode was so good for me and so in, in, impactful because it really... I mean, I was, God, 12 or 13, and, like, I just... I didn't even know that, like... I didn't watch this one in real time. I didn't start watching until the fifth season. And I already knew there was a gay character on the show because of that. And that was probably why I was interested in the first place. But not even, like, really putting all the pieces together. Because I, like, 
was not out, but I didn't even know I was like a lesbian, I guess, because I didn't even know what that looked like. And then you hear somebody's a bisexual at school and suddenly you're stalking them in a very weird way because you're like, what do they do? What are they? They're people just like us. I need to figure it out. Okay, find out whatever that girl does and do exactly what she does. And like that kind of weird shit, because when you're gay and you're feeling isolated, you just like latch on. You're like, oh, my God, I've heard somebody's mom at school was a lesbian. I need to figure out, oh, she's a graphic designer. I should be a graphic designer. That's what lesbians do. I get it. I get it. So you just have all these weird ideas. And like this relationship was that it really was. It wasn't the first like lesbian relationship on TV. I mean, Ellen did that in 97 when she came out in the puppy episode at the end of her season four of her sitcom. But um, she was kind of, she was with a girl the whole end of the, the next season, but the ratings were plummeted and nobody really watched it. And I don't know, this was like, they never made, this was not a, a rating stunt. This was nothing. It was just like a full relationship. And it, her, Buffy accepted her immediately. Her friends, there was never an issue. Like there wasn't a painful coming out. It wasn't like Willow was sexually assaulted. Like all these other bad things that, that TV had done before. Or like they, they kiss or like she chooses Oz in the end. Or like any of this other stuff that they could have done and really been damaging. They didn't do it. It was just like so huge. And I, I mean, I definitely think that I would have been felt way more isolated and alone. And maybe my life would have even been different if I, if I didn't have this great example of like two women being in love and it being okay. So thanks for that. Joss and everybody. Thanks, Marty. And it's so fun. Like, you know, Marty wrote this episode. At least I did without even like knowing she wrote it. She just always gets to like the big romantic ones. I don't know. They, they like to give those to her. Whatever, you know, happens. I'll still be here. I'll still be your friend. Of course we'll be friends. And that's not even a question. But I'm saying I know what Oz means to you. How can you? And I'm not even sure. I mean, I know what he meant to me. But he left and Everything changed. I changed. Then we... What? I don't know. I just... Life was starting to get so good again. You're a big part of that. And here comes the thing I wanted most of all. And I don't know what to do. I want to know, but... I don't do what makes you happy. Well, and also because when Joss does it, it's really gross. Not the demon in me that needs killing Buffy, it's the man. So, anyway. Uh, yeah. So, speaking of things that have gone really poorly, there's been like many other instances in TV where we've relied on very negative tropes and bad ideas in poor writing. Uh, and I would like to talk about that. You know, tell me about that. Tell me all about gay TV. Gay TV. And I didn't realize it was going to start with Dynasty. Um, I've watched the reboot, but not okay, the Okay, the reboot. Yeah, so Dynasty. The reboot's great. Okay. So, yeah, Dynasty originally aired on ABC, 1981 to 1989. The character Steve Carrington, who's on, is gay. I don't know in the reboot or anything, but yeah. eventually every single season, he a little bit more progressed with his storyline. Hmm. But the very first season, nothing. He was just like a normal soap character. And he died 
in the show because the main actor was bored playing the character. So this is great because the character was recast in 1983 with the actor Jack Coleman. Uh, the change in appearance was attributed to plastic surgery from an oil rig explosion. Match. <laughs> so it's amazing that this guy was then on the show for another seven years and he's the same character from season one. Just with facial, you know, (laughs) (laughs) plastic surgery. It's fucking great. Uh, But yeah, this was like the first, I mean, this is credited as the first out gay man, gay character on TV. And it was something that was not talked about. Um, In fact, uh, usually when people are doing um, media reviews and looking at this kind of stuff, um, there's a lot of talk about, is this something progressive or is it the last gasp of like, um, well, what is it? Um, one One writer said, uh, was this a groundbreaking first uh, who trailblazed must-see gay TV for the new millennium, or was this the last gasp of a traditional gayness as tragedy storyline? Is it worth more than Ted Denard's life? Are we back to that again? You were there. You know it was an accident. But my love for him wasn't. It was decent, and it was honorable. But you wouldn't accept that. No, you had to uh, make me over to fit... Your image of a Carrington. I wanted you to be a man. I am a man, just not your kind. You know, I'm finally facing up to something here. I tried to live a lie to please you. Not anymore. From now on, I'm going to live my life my way. I'm a homosexual, Dad. I'm gay, and I want you to face it and say it. Say it. Stephen is gay. Somebody say it. You know, I don't. I don't know what Dynasty's connection to Dallas is, but in my head, they're like the same, and it's just like, and obviously, it's just soap opera, you know, nonsense. But yeah, Steve Carrington, one of the first. Uh, Then there was a show on ABC called Heartbeat. Uh, Marilyn McGrath was the first um, series r- regular to have a lesbian, uh, to be a lesbian recurring character. So she was not on the show full time, but she was recurring. But that was only like, I think it was less than a season long. even. Yeah, yeah, it was It was only very brief in like ve- 89 or something. Yes, yes. And uh, but it was it for, received the first ever Glad Media Award for Outstanding Drama Series in 1990. Nice. And that was canceled. <laughs> <laughs> Man, the bar had to be. It's like you put a lesbian on TV. You get the award. You get the award because yes. there's no one else. You were the only one. Great job. And then a uh, big one was L.A. Law on NBC 1986 to 1994. And season five, Kara, Kara Jean. Lamb is her name, CJ, CJ. Uh, and Abby Perkins. They had their first kiss uh, in the 1991 episode, He's a Crowd. And they later go on a date off screen together. So it's a big deal. In the end, um, the actress who played CJ, uh, Amanda Donahoe, said that it was just a ratings ploy. And most of these things were. Marty Noxon said uh, of this phenomenon that you can show girls kissing once, um, but you can't show them kissing twice because the second time it means that they liked it. Um, shows that have really? fallen into the trope of the lesbian kiss. And this is seemingly heterosexual women kissing other characters without ever acknowledging or saying anything about them being gay. Sometimes it does lead down roads and we'll, I mean, some of these you'll recognize, but for the most part, the very first kiss is just 
out of nowhere, out of left field. It's just gals being pals. Gals being you're pals. You're just getting drunk and hanging out, and you just kiss your friends. Just it's kiss. like Britney Spears and oh, Madonna. That's yes. absolutely one of them. That's one of the moments. Yeah, just just gal pals. Uh, Roseanne uh, was was in, implicated in in this scandal of uh, of lesbian kissing. Uh, Star Trek: D Space Nine. One of them involves an alternate universe, so you can get away with anything because it's not the real world. People can kiss. Not not our world. Uh, Sex in the City. Uh, Miranda and Carrie both kiss characters that never that never show back up on the show. They're gone instantly, and that's another trope too. You kiss someone, they're gone. Uh, Not bury your gaze, but just like see you later. You're never a part of. (laughs) You don't instantly die. Although they could. I mean, who knows where they go after the end? Uh, Ally McBeal three times. (laughs) Three times it happens. Uh, Although the kiss, she. What's her name? Uh, Jake Krakowski and Calista Flockhart. Clarissa Flockhart, yeah, yeah, kissed Lucy Liu. Mm-hmm. And that was the first time the two series regulars had kissed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they did it, yeah, they did it three times. One was between Calista Flockhart and Jane Krakowski. One was Calista Flockhart and some other woman on the show. And then it was Calista Flockhart and Lucy Liu. And Lucy Liu. Dang, Calista Flockhart just be kissing girls for no reason. <laughs> for no reason. And that's, uh, yeah, so then Party of Five has also gone through it. Friends did it multiple times. Rachel and Winona Ryder. Oh, yeah. Rachel and Phoebe. Uh, Firefly as well, even though there might have been more to it, it was still just. Boom. When does that happen in Firefly? Inara it's and the Inara. counselor. Yeah. Oh, is she like? Does she have like a female client? Is that what it is? Uh, she does at one point, and then there's a point. Where... She's a space hooker. Yeah, she's a space <laughs> hooker, and she has like yeah, like a female client. Yeah. And then there's that like moment with Yosaf Bridge because that's how she pa- she makes. Mal pass out as Yosef Bridge kisses her and then Anara like do you think I'd be dumb enough to fall for that because mm. Yosef Bridge tries to seduce her so there's there's way more context yeah. inside of the show <laughs> than, than this list can possibly get sure. credit for uh, the OC as well uh, some characters kissed another character and then four episodes later they were gone who knows where they went to to die uh, How I Met Your Mother damningly <laughs> Allison Hannigan had to be a part of Multiple scenes uh, for that kind of stuff. And then it's just, and then you start to realize that it's also stuff making fun of it. Like American Dad has done things like this where like neighbors will come over, they'll kiss and then never speak of it for the rest of the series. The Simpsons, Marge makes out with Lady Gaga. What? Just in the show. I mean, it's just a thing. (laughs) (laughs) And then of course, Community, you know, Britta and Paige, uh, they both think that they're they're lesbians. lesbians. So they kiss because- They have mistaken one another for lesbians. Right. And so they are in a le- relationship with each other when they're not lesbians. They're just yeah. straight. Oh. But they missed it. It's <laughs> fucking great. So that's so what good. I mean. That's when it's funny. Right. And then the newest ones are Arrow, which I don't know. So the whole Arrowverse is like all the DC stuff that's on the CW. Yeah. And then Riverdale, Betty and Veronica apparently. They hooked up? Huh? Betty Kiss. and Veronica hook up in Riverdale? Excuse me. Kiss. Sorry. So hooking up. Yeah. They kiss. Uh, is it just... Friends. And it could also be like, again, like a dream sequence would be enough in this scenario. Like sure. none of it matters for the narrative. It's all it's just, just not substantive. It's just we're putting it on the screen yeah. to, to pop it in there. Yeah. So that's the trope. Uh, and it probably just continues, although it's probably less prevalent than it used to be I would hope because so. I don't think there's ratings much anymore. It's not really right. Yeah. Like, I is was there really looking, sweeps or anything? Like, I was seeing if things. Batwoman got another season. And so I popped into the Wikipedia and I was like, there's no way that's going to be another season. Right. And it's like, yeah, it's actually doing really well in the CW. I was like, not shocked, but it's got like 1.2 million viewers. Like, Oh my God. Yeah. And then looking at all these like statistics for old TV shows, it's like 42 million people. I was like, oh. yeah. the TV is different now. TV is different now. And they must be factoring in 
people watching it online. I mean, clearly it's making some money. Oh, sure. Something. I can't believe you didn't mention Gilmore Girls. Uh, I mean, it's not exhaustive, but it was Gilmore Girls wasn't on there. Yeah, Paris and Maury kiss. Mm. Really? Hmm? See, this is why I'm putting that it hot out to the group. I want. Is that the hot tub? No, they're at the bar for spring break. Yeah, I thought they were and in a hot tub. No, they're at the bar, and okay. two of their friends are like, "Look, if we kiss each other, then boys like us." And then Paris is like, "Let me kiss you," and Rory's like, "What are you doing?" That's even being explicit about it. Yeah. <laughs> if they kiss us, we'll get higher ratings. Uh, kiss yeah. me. <laughs> Literally. Yeah, if you guys have any, feel free to jump That's in. That's the because, one that uh, popped into my head immediately. Yeah, because so, yeah, I'm not exhaustive at all. And I did skip over ones that I just didn't know. But I would have definitely done come more because I know that show. A lot of these I do not know. Uh, speaking of, 30-something, ABC, 1987 oh. to 1991. Peter and Russell, the first time we saw two men in a bed together. Uh <gasps> Yes, I know. Five of the ten sponsors of the show dropped out. They lost $1.5 million. Yeah, I just wow. went into a thing about 30-something a couple of weeks ago because my mom used to watch it. It was like the Friends Before Friends. Mm-hmm. And yeah, there was a, a gay couple. And yeah. I, oh, my God. It ran for about four seasons in concert. Like, it had a big ratings. Like So L.A. Law, too, when you mentioned that, um, not only was it a ratings play and they admitted it after the fact, but... Like they would, you could also sensationalize it and say that they lost advertisers, which they did. True. But the show creators came back. They're like, "Yeah, we lost them all the fucking time. The whole point of our show was to push boundaries. Like, we got in trouble for a prostitution episode we did. We got in trouble for this episode that we did. Like, that's what we did, man. So like, this you're putting this out of context to make it seem like people hated the gays, yeah. which I mean, they did. Don't yeah. get me wrong, but that was not the reason they pulled out. Right, they hate lots of stuff. Yeah, uh, two of us, BBC 1987, Matthew and Phil. Uh, Gay teenager Matthew has a strong friendship with Phil, uh, who also has a girlfriend. Phil decides to run away with Matthew, more than a friend, or maybe just friends. Who knows? Just girlfriend goes to get him back. There's two versions of the ending that were shot. One where the boys end up together and one where the girl, where Phil and the girlfriend end up together and Matthew's all alone. Um, there's a shower scene in this first shower scene with two men kissing. And it was originally... Chopped up to pieces and the could not use the one where the boys ended up the ending. Uh, this was a BBC production. And due to Section 28 in the Local Government Act of 1986 uh, stated, quote, local authority shall not intentionally promote homosexuality or publish material with the intention of promoting homosexuality. It shall not promote the teaching in any maintained school of acceptability of homosexuality as a pretended family relationship. <laughs> Uh, and it was repealed in 2000 in Scotland and 2003 by the rest of the UK. Yikes. Wow. 2003, though. I, I was alive. Yeah. I don't have- <laughs> <laughs> Not 2000. <laughs> no. No, <it's> true. <laughs> oh, man. And then finally, to close out the 80s. Uh, the Woman of Brewster Place uh, miniseries. And that's what I also realized, too. Back in the 80s and 90s, miniseries were the place to do this because it was like you get the commitment of what it is. You're making five episodes, six episodes, four episodes, and you're just in and out. So you don't and have it, to get a super long network buy-in. So you and you don't have to like, continue, what? right? And you don't once have to, it's over, it's over. whatever blowback happens. So, I, yeah, I was in here. I didn't realize it was a miniseries, and I saw Oprah. Oprah's the main person. This is an Oprah thing back, you know, when she was, like, just blowing up. I was like, oh, my God, fucking Oprah's in this. Oh, it's a miniseries. Okay, she definitely did a lot of those back in the day. Gotcha. But, yeah, Lorraine and Teresa are the first black lesbian uh, relationship portrayed on American television in 1989. Hot damn. In The Women of Brewster Place. Is that a book? I don't know. 1990s, Law & Order. We had um, Serena Southland who was in 85, she, she had 85 episodes before she came out as gay. 
was just a detective. Oh, yeah, played by Elizabeth Rom, right? Who's uh, on Angel, the first two seasons of Angel. The only reason I know that is because my mom was watching it. Damn, her mom was watching Angel. Yeah, Yeah. when she was watching Angel. Sorry, she was watching Long Yeah, No, I know, I know. Yeah, she's the cop, Kate, or whatever the fuck her name is. It's always Kate. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Kate the cop. Kate the cop. Well, no, uh, Kate Kane is Batwoman. Um, She was like, yeah, the the blonde lady, she's she's a lesbian. I was like, what? (laughs) So I was like, Suddenly, yeah, I was like, suddenly I care very much suddenly about Law and Order, but not enough to actually watch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so apparently that was that was big for 1990 or whatever that was. Um, Homicide Life on the Street, NBC, 1993 to 99. Um, one of the characters, Tim Bayless, was gay throughout the entire run, but it wasn't really specified. wasn't really talked about it, um, and definitely wasn't not shown. I'm sure. No, no, and well, and Homicide was made by you know David um, Fincher. Nope, David. Oh my God! What's his name? David Simon, Simon from who did The Wire. Um, so yeah, he came out as bisexual in season six of Homicide: Life mm-hmm. on the Street. But apparently, he went through a lot of a lot of shit. I couldn't keep up with it just reading the synopsis. ER was another big one. Doctor Carrie Weaver um, had a relationship with uh, a firefighter, Sandy Lopez, and they had a kiss. <gasps> in like, and that was a I guess a big deal then. Yeah. Had a kiss um, in the waiting room and the emergency room i don't <laughs> in the surgery theater yeah and then and then at that point i mean the wiki at least notes that after this they went two more seasons with those two in a relationship oh, actually real characters trying to do and have a relationship which was groundbreaking for the time um which is great and then we're in the era of hbo you know you have oz um oh sure which just has just men um, doing gay stuff. Doing gay stuff. Then you have the puppy episode, of course. Right, of Ellen. Uh, of Ellen, which was a big deal. Um, I wish that was streaming somewhere. I'd like to watch it. Yeah. Then you have Dawson's Creek. And then, then you start getting the WB in here. Because right. then WB is like, let's get on this. Except for not really, because no kissing, please. Well, I mean, they, they do. Jack McPhee comes out in season two. He's the main character on Dawson's Creek. Is and, that Kerr Smith? Yes. And Jack has a first kiss between him and a character, Ethan. Oh, wow. um, a passionate kiss. Wow. And then like him and his dad talk about their relationship. Uh, you might know the episode True Love, the season finale of season three. I absolutely have never watched Dawson's I Creek. I unfortunately have seen a lot of Dawson's Creek, <laughs> including this episode. Well, you would know it from the meme of Dawson crying. Oh, know? that's from that episode? That's from that episode. Yes! And then uh, the best part is when uh, the episode ends with uh, Joey. Um, Pacey. Nope. No, Pacey. It's <laughs> a different con- character. Yeah, Joey Hudson, whatever the girl's name is. Sure. Who's the actress? Uh, the one that was married to Tom Cruise for a second? Yeah. yeah. Emily Holmes? Elizabeth. Holmes, Katie Holmes, Katie Holmes, Katie Holmes, uh, confessing her love to Pacey. Uh, they're just teenagers, and she, and he's like going off on a boat. He's gonna take, he's just gonna take his boat like around the world. Cool. And Casey's or Pacey or Joey is like, I'm just gonna get on the boat with you. Oh, permission to abort, permission uh, to get on board. Oh no, granted. And then gets oh, on board. No. And then she's like, I don't have any change of clothes. He's like, That's fine. We'll just get it on the next port town. It'll be in about I don't know one week, two weeks. They have nowhere to sleep. It's just a boat. It's just a little boat. And then they go off in the sunset, and that's how the season ends. Anyways, we're not neither here nor there. But I just fucking, that was like just galling. I, I, that show was so fucking crazy. Uh, and then Bad Girls, uh, 1999 to 2006. This is ITV from the UK. Okay, I was like, I kept seeing this on stuff, and I was like, what the fuck is this pro, show? It's a pro, proto Orange is the New Black. I mean, it's a women's prison. So we're, t- we're dealing with every type of, 
Yeah, and they were saying because it's uh, later, it's not prime time. Um, it was you know more graphic, more explicit, um, and just had a whole range, a whole range of LGBT characters, not just like lesbian, right? Just like your neighbor or your barista or whatever. It's <laughs> right. like everyone, lots of stuff going on there. And then Queer as Folk, I didn't realize not the Showtime one, but the it was a Channel Four show. Oh, what? Yeah, Channel Four was the very first, so they just made it. I didn't realize that they ripped it off. I didn't know that. From there, I didn't know that either. Huh. And do you know that Aiden Gillen? Who is Littlefinger? Right, Tommy yes. Carcetti is in the, the British one. Is in the British one. No shit. Fucking crazy. Uh, the first four episodes of that were sponsored by Beck's Brewery, who cool. canceled their. Um, they withdrew their but, advertising. Well, because they had a lot of like they were the first ones to see like sex, like simulated sex in a shower, mm. simulated sex in bed, all that kind of stuff. Like they really put they pushed the boundary more than anyone else. And then when they came back for the second season, Bex tried to get in on it because at that point everything had sort of you know come full circle. And then Bex is like, "Yeah, we're we want to proudly we support this." this whole time. And they rejected Bex's thing. Good for, like, them. Good for them. Uh, and then to close out the 1990s, The Sopranos. Uh, we only have one gay character, and this introduced me to the TV trope of the gay gangster, the gangster. <laughs> basically, somebody who's basically committed su- committing suicide by returning to their uh, homophobic comrades out of the loyalty of the gang or whatever uh, that will kill them for their being gay. So that's what he did. Uh, well, not yes, Vito, he got killed. Because he was gay. Cool. Even though he had a good life. He left and he had a good life. And then he came back and got killed. Shouldn't come back. And then as we go into the 2000s, that introduces the final TV trope, bury your gaze. You've talked about it a lot, Kelly, on the show, especially with Tara. Tara's a great example of Mm -hmm. something like that. Um, The only examples that I really have, and you guys might know more than me, uh, apparently Arrow, Sarah Lance was killed in season three. Spoiler alerts if anybody's an Arrow fan. Nope. Uh, it was so, everyone was so mad that they brought her back and created it. They just said, no, you're not dead. Nice. And then gave her a spinoff show. <laughs> nice. So absolutely bonkers. Cool. I don't understand. Uh, Days of Our Lives, apparently, uh, they had a 50th anniversary celebration. And they believe that one of the mainstays, one of like the longest running characters, Will Horton, was killed in that episode. And they thought... So many people were so mad because they thought that they were appeasing conservative viewers that were tuning back in because of the celebration, because of like the big hubba baloo around the 50th anniversary. So people were pissed off and then they brought him back from the dead because it's a soap show and you can do whatever you want. <laughs> uh, and then I would say the only other one I have is, is Lost. Like, so shockingly, I would say Lost is probably the least gay show. In exi- there's not one gay character. Oh, I'm aware. Period. I, it's... It's really galling, honestly, ah. to think back on it because you, there is actually one gay character. Um, do you remember? Do you remember Tom? He's the guy who stole Walt. He's the older guy. He's another. Oh, maybe he he works with um, Ben Linus. Linus, and yeah, he's the, got the he wears a fake beard at one point, but he's just like the got the white hair. He's just the older guy um, who sort of parlays with our normal crew. We got a misunderstanding, Jack. Your people. My people, so listen carefully. Right here, there's a line. You cross that line, we go from misunderstanding to something else. Guys, so yeah, shockingly lost of all the shows. Like, if it was made today, it would be like Sense8. It would be like just, it would be a much better show. Yeah. (laughs) But I love Lost, so like, 
it's it's weird to be in that. And then I have an alternative to the barrier gaze trope, which is San Junipero, which is they both get buried. So sweet. <laughs> <laughs> and then they both get, but they both get buried into eternal everlasting life, yes, right? Yeah. But then they are dead. <laughs> so miserable. It's yeah, this dark. Like who knows? It's which just I, so pretty. It's so pretty. <laughs> But, I mean, other ones beyond Terra that you can think of? Uh, um, I mean, there's a ton. But I didn't want to super get into that this episode because okay, we will so, devote an entire episode right, to that in season six. Great. Great. And then the final, the final then, just to go through the 2000s, uh, Queer as Folk introduces a new trope, uh, cast full of gay, which the, m- most of the cast is gay, which yep. would go along with the L word and Glee, um, amongst probably a lot more oh, today. Is new black, obviously. Um, yeah. And then Barrier Gays just come into the, 20, the, into the 21st century to Grassy. Degrassi, the next generation. Uh, Adam, uh, who was a trans kid, was about to take hormones and start his transition. Uh, he's killed in a car accident because he needed to be the poster child for texting and driving that episode. <laughs> and Degrassi is a cutthroat world. So, uh, really so in some way, I'm like, it's like barrier case. Sure, 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 sure. Uh, we hate tropes and stuff. But someone's got to fucking die in this episode. <laughs> so, Your turn, kid. so if it's going to be fucking Adam... It's going to be Adam one way or the other. So you can just put that barrier gay trope wherever Adam, deci- wherever he dies. Mm-hmm. He just so happened to die in this one. I mean, he was it's dying, true. Oh, they no were dropping what. like flies into crossing. kill everyone. It's <laughs> fucking amazing. Uh, Six Feet Under, of course, David and, David and Keith. True. David and Caven. Yeah, that might be it. Who knows? David and Keith, of course. Because Keith is gross. <laughs> <laughs> Caven uh, is. Firefly, which we already talked about. Uh, the Wire, of course. More gangs. Gangsters. I know this is the first thing I thought. Kima, oh, yeah. Cheryl, uh, Omar with Brandon, uh, Dante, and Ronaldo. All of his. And that's uh, what happened to Omar. He came back and got fucking killed. Got killed. Absolutely. Snoop. How my hair look, man? You look good, girl. And Rawls, of course. So, um, and and obviously with the wire, you're automatically in like a a different place from those earlier shows too. That like Buffy don't. They don't go into it. We just don't talk about it. Yeah. Well, I mean, Kima was huge because she was like the first black lesbian to have like a, not the first, but like to have a long-term relationship. And, yeah. and that was nuanced and flawed and mm-hmm. like, they're just like us. Yeah. And in the end, she like just abandoned her partner and just, well, like came back and yeah. raised their kid Rough. that then was, was not her kid. Yeah. Uh, Battlestar Galactica, we learn another one with not a lot of gay characters. We learn that Gaeta is gay from a web episode. He is? I was saying that the whole fucking time. I was like, it's on the nose that his name is Gaeta, but he gay. He very much gay. And he very much was. Uh, And he he would qualify for barrier gays because the Cylons tricked him into uh, basically dying for... Like as things were unfolding and all the Cylons were coming out and all that kind of stuff, they convinced him to start a rebel, be like the head of the rebellion, and he got killed for it. So counts as a barrier gay in a way. Also, the the captain, the the lady captain of the Razor, she gets with six in an alternate dimension, but it's on like a TV movie that we did. We did we watch that though? We did. That's how it started. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. Yeah. That one counts as well, but I I hardly remember. Yeah, because that. and the razor was like that the was mini. My that was the whole movie. time. I was, was like, Starbuck is gay. This is criminal. She's not gay. Uh, uh-huh. But then Gaius six and Deanna three, they all have a relationship too. So I mean, that sort of transcends just you know that's the throubling. The throubling, right? There you go. So it's three <laughs> three six and Gaius together. Deadwood. We have a fictional Jody Stubbs falls in love with Calamity Jane. It took us a movie. To get some action on that front. But we did. We did. 15 years later, we got action. Uh, Desperate Housewives um, was a show that had... Yeah, we watched it. Yeah, for sure. Uh, L Word, uh, like we said, Doctor Who. 
Uh, Jack Harkness was in a show called Torchwood as well. He is an omnisexual character from the 15th, the 51st century. I'm sure. sorry. So Doctor Who has a long list on this too because they definitely push those boundaries just by the conception of like he, your human brain can't even understand sexuality in the 51st century. Um, but apparently that Jack Harkness was so big that Torchwood became a whole show. Oh, that's which I've definitely heard of. That's a spinoff of Doctor yeah. Who. And then the last before the woman Doctor Who. I don't know what her name. I don't know anything about Doctor 13? Who. Thirteen? She's thirteen. I have no idea. Yeah, the one, the guy before that had a partner. The partner, her name was Bill Potts. She was a lesbian and the first openly gay companion to the Doctor. Oh wow! Right before the first doc, woman Doctor. You let gays in, and then suddenly ladies can be doctors. It's crazy. Callie in Arizona, Grace Anatomy. Yes, I was waiting for you to. Calzona. And is yeah. there any? Other, I mean, there, it was a longer list. I don't recognize any of the names though. If there's anybody else, fun. On Grey's Anatomy, that I don't know about. Oh, I don't know. I mean, I think Arizona was the, the only. Those are the two I mean, biggies. No, they've had other ones. Yeah, yeah, it's a the, longer that was list. The big, yeah. um, that's like the big iconic couple. Yeah, Anatomy, definitely remember sure. them. Uh, True Blood, lots, uh, lots and lots, and Glee, lots and lots and lots. And I would say Mad Men um, was a weird show, and it's so weird because Mad Men's a good example of like a show that doesn't take that takes place in a past time where there are gay characters that couple uh, that are part of that universe. But because we're seeing it through the eyes of like these careerist copy editors like that are kind of like not into the counterculture and not into that, they don't become main characters. So we have tons of these characters that just are around the world and are acknowledged, but not a part of it, which I think is fine when the show is like like that. But I think it's pretty damning when you write a show today and it's like you don't even acknowledge that there's like other types of people in the world that yeah. there's no one of color there's no no one that's gay it's yeah. like fucking wild so unless you're telling a specific story and like it makes sense and it's good it's wild so I'd say, but otherwise regardless Mad Men and Lost it's crazy to me that those two especially Lost that one I wasn't really thinking about but oh, trust me. it pisses me off I always notice thanks Daniel let's get back to gay TV <laughs> <laughs> back to me with gay TV hey that's yeah. why this was such a big deal that's why Willow and Tara being together and explicitly together and not for ratings and with characters. That was a main character. Willow Rosenberg is in 144 episodes of this television show out of 144. And she's with a lady in a real way. And that's powerful and groundbreaking. It's been, and we're talking in the realms mostly when, when we're talking about the first time for this kind of thing uh, on network TV. Like we have to keep in the scope of that because there was stuff on cable or stuff mm. on, in, in British land. Uh, doing doing stuff that was progressive before or contemporary to this, so yeah. we don't want to take that away. But this, we I also don't want to for a second tamper how important this really was and how like huge and again. Well, it's a show that the teenagers are watching too, which is different than like. And then, those an were always adults. the ones to do it to push the boundaries because it's yeah. almost like, well, they're just kids. We can always brush that off if we need to. Not that the creators were doing this, but like, I feel like that's the rationale of maybe. the people maybe putting the bar the kibosh on all of this, but. Um, just to say some thoughts about, uh, from, from Joss Whedon about this, he said that they didn't do this thinking of the, the impact it was going to have, obviously. Like he, he's like, I wasn't writing this for the gay kid in the Midwest to send me letters. Like I, I wasn't thinking about them at all. I was just like, we kind of wanted to do a gay character. College is a great time. Let's just do it. So we try to make it as real as we could. And I understand that it's, it's probably scary ground for someone who isn't gay themselves to like write that character and be honest without being over the top or without doing these things that are negative or damaging. And I just think they handle it really well for people that, and no one else is doing it too. It's like, you have to be a pioneer 
and try to keep everything grounded at the same time. It's, it's, I don't know, I just, I'm really appreciative of what they did. Yeah, well, love isn't logical, Riley. It's not like you can be Mr. Joe sensible about it all the time. I don't know how much I like to believe him when he's like, oh, we had no idea what we were doing. It just kind of happened. I was like, some of this has to be calculated, right? Like, you know what the story is, but I guess as far as how they portray the relationship, maybe not so much. I don't know. Here's a sad, shitty thing. Right after this episode came out, people were, obviously there was, people, there was negative reactions, but Joss Whedon himself has said, you know, uh, one, so there's used to be this message board, the bronze, that was like the place to go. And Joss Whedon would post on there all the, the time. Go figure. I it's the only place boards, to be yes. in Sunnydale. So it's the only place to be on the internet about Sunnydale. Joss would post there a lot. Um, and right after this episode came out, he was like, I can't believe everyone is losing their shit over this episode. Has no one been watching it? Did no one watch episode 16? They had sex. I wasn't allowed to show them have sex. So I had them sh- have magic. And it was, that's what it was, man. Like, how can people be flipping out? But he's like, there's a lot of negative reactions, but one letter from a kid that's feeling isolated and this helped them is worth a million negative reviews. But he said that it was really pretty evenly mixed. Like, people were praising it versus people shitting on it. And it's just like, that makes me happy. Um, but yeah, apparently people were really mean to Amber Benson specifically. And they attacked her physical appearance. They were like, she's fat and shy and ugly and we don't like her. And like, because they're mad that Willow picked her instead of Oz. And for reference... Amber Benson is five foot four, and during this season weighed 118 pounds, which means that all of these people are fucking anorexic because that is tiny, and she looks, she does look larger than the rest of her co-stars. So she went to the internet and she was like, you know, I try not to let this shit get to me, and I think that it's ridiculous that people would comment like this, and I'm not for a second going to entertain the idea that my body looks in any way that's not like normal. I'm a healthy fucking human being. And anybody who thinks that I look like I should, thinks I should be thin or whatever, I'm not going to like feed into this idea of anorexia being healthy, being the standard because F you guys, I'm leaving the internet. <laughs> I was like, good for you. And I just can't believe this, this is the year 2000 on a goddamn Buffy message board. And oh, people wow. are coming for fucking Amber Benson. That's Get out of here. Go do something. She'll take you down. Anyway, she handled well, it really well. She was there was way less ire, and Allison Hannigan was even like, "If I would have, if that would have been me, if people were coming after me like that for this, I would have just been like, you guys suck,' and then <laughs> cried and went home." <laughs> oh. <laughs> so anyway, yes. Do you like cats? I'm more of a dog person myself, but I'm not like death tall cats. Why? I'm already fired up, so we might as well yell if there's any yelling to do. I mean, there's yelling to do. Daniel, do you want to start yelling? The woman in Tibet traded it for me for the new Radiohead record. Okay. What Radiohead record is she talking about, Kelly? Not Kid A. Not Kid A. Kid A came out in October 2nd of the year 2000. Right. Well before. So we are talking about the Grammy Award losing to Bob Dylan album of the not year. Okay, computer. Okay. But he does say new, right? No, no. For for the the Radiohead record. Okay. So it could be talking about the bands. It could be talking about anything. Right, sure. Whatever. But definitely, definitely Okay, computer. (sighs) See I want my room to be Willow friendly. Mm-hmm. You live in a dorm room. Yep. You can't do this. Nope. You can't just paint mm-hmm. this type of wall. Like, no. And then they have open candles later. You can't have candles in your dorm room. room. I don't give you a fuck. You also can't have a cat a in your can't dorm room. You can't have a cat in the she dorm room. She is a true anarchist. <laughs> if, the, if there's anything wrong with this episode in the show, it's that Tara just has... Way uh, too much freedom. Way too much freedom. <laughs> <laughs> she just was given no roommates, no nothing. Yep. Fucking, no one even questions Decorate it. Decorate however you want. Uh, do whatever you want. Have yeah. pets. Who fucking cares? Ugh. No one wants Giles's pretzels. And it's one of the saddest things I've ever seen in television. 
Like, he really has been relegated to snack guy. I, I don't know. I read something somewhere, and they were talking about, like, Giles of snacks. I was like, he doesn't really have snacks that often. And then I see him with the pretzel bowl, and I was like, damn. Snack Giles getting fucking shut down. Slap my hand now. Everyone? In celebration. Oh. I like that we signal that Buffy and Riley still have sex post um, where the wild things are because she goes to sleep in Riley's um, big shirt, like big shirt, button down shirt that he never wears. And he, she just went, like, went into the closet to wear it. Um, who would do that? Why wouldn't, why would you even sleep with anything on? Uh, why would you even put that on? It's probably, that's what you do in the morning, but I think it's just to tell us they still fuck. Don't worry. <laughs> in case you were unclear with the entire episode of them fucking. They, they're not afraid to keep going. No. Jesus Christ. I, I'm sorry, I, but I do like as you see Sunnydale sweatpants. I know. I, say, I, I was like, I want a pair of second, those, man. I would buy those. Yeah. If they offered that up, I would definitely buy them. For sure. They're awesome. Following along that stream of thought, they made it really clear in the way they set up Riley's room that Riley doesn't have a personality because they're like, oh, what would we put in his room? I guess a poster of a race car. Yep. I'm going to hang a canteen on the side of the bed because he's an army guy. <laughs> yep. Like, it just keeps getting worse and worse the more you look at it because it's just like so, so ultimately generic, yeah. which is really Riley at his deepest core. He does have the String Cheese Incident poster. That Tara also has on her door. Is that what that is? Have been giving it away for free, and that's in Buffy's room in another episode too. It's somewhere else. I forgot if it was Waz's room or whatever, but it's everyone's room. Everyone's got it. Okay, but but prominent placement. I mean, they they must have paid for it. Honestly, like, it's it's someone on the crew must have loved that fucking band. Uh, Awkward Xander handshake. Man, oh, yeah. when Oz first comes into the door, he's like, Oz, where you been? I Like, are we going to hug? Why did he need to get so close? Did he need to shake his hand? No one else shook his hand. Do they shake hands? There was a comment in one of the earlier episodes was like, do we hug? I think, right? Mm, yeah. Yeah, We're yeah. too manly. It's more a verbal nonverbal. He speaks volumes with his eyes. Yeah, he. I think he was just trying to break the tension because everyone was just staring at him. So like, I, but it was weird. Hi. Was, yeah. <laughs> Very strange. Um, oh, Adam has an Ethernet cable plugged into his head. I wrote, he's jacked in. He's yeah. jacked in. There must be one of his DC-10-3 servos going up, going crazy with all those lights. And I don't think that's an Ethernet cable. Dude, that's that's a phone line. Printed page is obsolete. When are we going to need computers for real life, anyway? Hmm, let's see. There's home, school, work, games. Willow, get on the computer. I want you to take another password access in the mail's files. Okay. Well, I have been surfing the net looking for unexplained incidents. You know, people are always sending stuff my way. They know the occult's my turf. Here is the latest. I'm a kinematically redundant biomechanical demonoid designed by Maggie Walsh. She called me Adam, and I called her mother. The smell. Computers don't smell, Rupert. I know. In addition to organic material, I'm equipped with GP2D11 infrared detectors, a harmonic decelerator plus DC servo. I like my new 9-gig hard drive. But you don't love it. Because without the DMA upgrade, your computer's only half a rocket ship. Yeah, but who can afford the upgrades? Well, you can. I get the demos for free. I don't see why I shouldn't give them to you for the same price. Any friend of Buffy's. <laughs> what? The only reality is virtual. If you're not jacked in, you're not alive. That's the sound she makes when she's speechless with geeker joy. You think so? We I do not, not have Ethernet like technology. <laughs> well, it just looks big. That's all. Fuck. Oh, my God. Wow. Sorry, America. Oh, wow. I just literally had a stroke and died. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Amazing. Anyways, Jack Dan, um, he's got this going on. Yes. I couldn't 
just do it on from the outside. Why would he need to open up his skull to put it? I mean, it just seems like a lot of extra work. It's bad design by Maggie. Bad design by Maggie. He was a Boy Scout, though. Don't forget. Parts, Parts of him. Gross. That moment where Graham and the rest of the commandos get attacked and the one guy gets killed by the werewolf. R.I.P. Willis. Yeah, Willis. Oh, was it Willis who died? Okay. Um, and Graham just, like, gets thrown into the dirt, looks up, and then is like, Ugh, and then just passes out again. It's so awkward and hilarious. Oh, I wrote, oh, Graham, you lose, useless fuck. <laughs> <laughs> was he just playing dead or what? No, he no, was, he like, was like, like, oh, I'm too weak. Oh, oh. Thank God I could see this blurry form of what I'm sure so is. So that was acting, so they yeah. should have cut that out. Okay. That's all <laughs> I needed to know. Push-ups before you even pee in the morning? Come on, Riley. Huh? This show is absolutely unrealistic. Did you guys notice the map? Oh, the yes. Grid? We did. We stopped and paused it. But, well, we tried. Not as good as you did because she couldn't actually work her <laughs> <laughs> Do but, you know where it is? No. Santa Barbara. This is absolutely without a shadow of a doubt. Santa Barbara. Santa Barbara downtown. Yes. You know what? Yes. At least they kept that consistent. Like, because we've shown the map of Santa Barbara before. So, mm-hmm. like, if we're going to pretend Sunnydale is anywhere, at least they're like, no, nah, it's still Santa Barbara. That's, yeah. I, I know I almost wrote down all the streets and stuff, and I was like, fuck it. This is. Yeah, I just went for the big one. Went cares? for the big one. And it was definitely it. And we've never heard of those streets in Sunnydale. We never will so. again. Never will. Stacia? Oh, that scene when Oz, like, accosts. Tara mm. in the hallway, and Tara's wearing Willow's sweater inexplicably for no reason. Yeah. Because Willow had just been wearing it. And then Oz is like, she's all over you. Do you know that? <laughs> like, such a bizarre, so weird crazy. question to ask. You smell like her. She's all over you. Do you know that? I can't. I can't. I can't talk about this. But there's something to talk about? Are you too involved? I have, to, I have to go. Because she never said anything to me like that. We talked all night and she never... Oh, stop! Is she in love with you? We will talk about the assassination of Daniel Osborne in a moment. Um, yeah, do you, do you think that that was implying that they just had sex? No. Sorry, I had to pee. <laughs> Why would you do that? <laughs> Do you think? Do you think that it was implied? They just had sex? I don't think it was implied. No, I think that she was just wearing the the her sweater. But I, like, it, where? Why is the sweater in her room? Why is all well, that? it's the one that Willow was wearing when Willow, she went to go yeah. talk to Tara. Yeah. Uh, well, then, then definitely. Then I didn't Willow really put two and two together. Taken her sweater off and why and would she have given it to Tara? Oh yeah, nobody takes her off their sweater unless they're about to have sex with her. Well, no, I just mean while like, their ex boyfriend's just hanging around. Yeah. Clearly, there was more to that conversation. Then after we cut away. No, it's probably, damn, Tara, it's fucking, this is a disconnected, this, this room is disconnected from the rest of our dorm rooms. You don't even have, like, it's a, it's a sweltering in here. I have to take off my sweater. And she's like, oh, I have to go to class. Put on the sweater and then go to class. Gotcha. Right, because she had to go to study group, apparently, right? Mm-hmm. Because Willow wasn't in class. She was in the library. Right. Mm-hmm. But not in Tara's room, which you would probably stay in. Why wouldn't you just stay there? You have full privacy. Well, they both said they had to go to class. Yeah, but Willow lied. She just went to the library. Maybe that was a class. She was sitting with other people. Yeah. It's a weird moment for sure. But it's, the whole point is to try to justify that Oz can yes. smell Willow on Tara, considering the fact that you would think, if anything, Oz would smell himself on Willow because he spent all night with Willow and yeah. Willow saw Tara for five seconds. And Oz didn't smell Tara on her before that. <laughs> but he's like weirdly like, what, getting the impression, right? He's like, 
he's questioning like why is Tara keep coming around? Mm. So, why wouldn't she stay? Because otherwise you would just be like, she borrowed the sweater. Right. Yeah. Clearly. That's that's Willow's well, sweater. Well, Tara also doesn't really that? play it cool. No. No, I <laughs> think Willow I think Willow's straight or not Willow. I think Tara's dunking on Oz. Just <laughs> honestly, like I think that's why she wore the sweater. She fucking picked up that sweater on purpose. And was like, I'm gonna find Oz. Yeah, and then she said I could uh what'd she say? So you're coming back to school here then. Oh yeah, that's great for you and Willow, right? <laughs> I just I just hope that you guys will be very happy. Yeah. <laughs> Some passive aggressive shit. And then right leading there. straight into her definitely on purpose not telling them that Oz is the werewolf. I know, I know. It's pretty damning. And throwing a chair. I mean ouch. Don't throw the chairs. So good. And then the fucking initiative, just like playing clothes, shooting fucking tranks in, in the day. In the day. Yep. Uh, it's like this that this episode's so dumb. Yeah. In that case, like fuck that. Ugh. Yes. How nice was Oz's base? Can we talk about that for a second? He fuck. traded his base to have that van fixed and garage, meaning it was stored for months. Right. Mm-hmm. So he leaves in let's say November of nineteen ninety nine and comes back in. If we're following the showtime, May May of 2000, right. so that's six months. So he was able to pay for his, I don't know what kind of damages happened to the van, so I don't know how extensive the work was. Well, let's say moderate, 300 bucks, and then how long do you think it would take to keep a, a car in storage? Way long. In like, Mexico, how, how much? Sorry. In Mexico, a place you don't live in a language you don't speak, and you're just like, what, you're just going to leave it with the place? I, I imagine that they would... A lot of money. I feel like if you end up in some like weird random garage that's mostly like someone's house, true, and true. they just park it in the yard, like it doesn't cost them anything, and they're not doing yeah. anything. Here's a like, base. Yeah, okay, cool. We'll take it. Yeah, that's fair. That's and if that's the case, then I believe it. Because otherwise, he doesn't own a base. He's a guitarist. He doesn't own a base that's nice enough. I mean, I he's just riding around with Rickenbackers or whatever, and know. he's taking it to fucking to bed. I don't know what the fuck. I don't know. No, I'm out. I'm out on that. <laughs> Uh, Anya is wearing a really unfortunate outfit that consists of a crocheted tank top and then a grandma square doily sweater. Yeah, it's real bad. It's really horrendous. Oh, and then like weird pink pajama pants on top of that. I mean, yeah. they're not pajama pants, the entire, but they look pattern The is entire such. outfit is pink. That's real bad. And then like, like shower slides. What yeah. the fuck is this outfit? It looks like something they should be dressing Willow in. Yeah, that's yeah. a classic And then they got outfit. confused. It like got Anya's name written on it in like the wardrobe, and then the costume designer was all set that day, so no one was like, "This is wrong." Although it's like, this is no, oh, no, no. This is supposed to be a serious Willow episode, so we gotta treat her seriously. This episode, this is fine for next time, but if you really need to use it right now, we'll just put it on fucking Anya. Who cares? Anya and Willow will just switch clothes. I'll just switch clothes. She's just gonna be in two scenes in, in Giles' apartment. They don't really have to work this week so they're just gonna be in here that's fine like literally they were in two scenes mm. in Giles' apartment yeah willow has a poster uh called murphy's computer law I saw that. yeah and i did you look up the poster Mm-mm. so murphy's law as you know anything that can go wrong will go wrong mm-hmm. um i just i want i'm gonna read you a couple of these murphy these murphy's computer laws and i want to see what again willow put this on her on her uh door right on her I think it's like to the closet it's the closet door so she loves this this is <laughs> this is part of her personality so i we need to just dig as down much as race cars are Riley's. <laughs> yes. yes so so i'm about to we're gonna see what parts of this we think willow really loves so some are very dated okay so these are a bunch of laws that in theory murphy murphy's laws 
I, I don't think this really has anything to do with Murphy. It's just computer programming jokes. Sure. So if we need any hacking talk about the net, I think this is pretty good. Uh, Estridge's Law. No matter how large and standardized the marketplace is, IBM can redefine it. Uh, right. Man, these are zingers. Harp's corollary to Estridge's Law. Your IBM-compatible computer grows more incompatible with every passing moment. Willow cracking up to these ones. <laughs> Loves it. Some are incredibly niche, like the last one law of program generators. A program generator creates programs that are more buggy than the program generator. Yeah. Dr. Cal- Dr. Caligari's comeback. A bad sector disc error only occurs after you've done several hours of work without performing a backup. <laughs> Again, Willow loves this. Weinberg's Law. If builders built buildings the way programmers write programs, the first woodpecker that, woodpecker that came along would destroy civilization. <laughs> Rhodes' corollary to Hoare's Law. Inside every complex and unworkable program is a useful routine struggling to be free. And then maybe the funnier ones. Maybe this is why we wow. like them. Yeah, because so far, <laughs> so far cutting a rug. <laughs> Can's axiom. When all else fails, read the instructions. Read the fucking manual. Stattinger's Law. It works better if you plug it in. Ah. And fittingly, Osborne's law. Variables won't. Constants aren't. That's a that's a programming joke. It's <laughs> a programming joke. <laughs> and I just think about the constant lost. Yeah. Uh, and Osborne. Do you know Osborne? Come on. Yeah. Great. Anyways, um, that's on Willow's wall. She's super neat. She is super neat. My final one is uh, concerns Riley. His first option was sleeping in the school after First thought. He was gone. Gotta go to school. Gotta go to school. It's we not need that static, those. shitty graphic image of the We must have paid for it. We really need to get our money's worth. <laughs> um, incredible. Uh, Riley is a TA, right? Mackie's been dead for a while. Have we given up that ghost since she's dead? Is she? Is he working? Is Ooh. he still... Is a TA still a thing? Is he still at school? I don't know, but I'm going to go ahead and throw this back real quick out of order. Hill Street Blues featured a gay detective character... That was semi-recurring, played by none other than Lindsey Crafts, Professor Walsh. Go wow. figure. Anyway, sorry. No, that, that's... Is he still a TA? I don't know. Because who was he TAing for? Was that the only class he was a TA for? He must have had other reasons. No, famously, once you work for one professor, you can never work for another Did one. Did he ever go to class? He's, <laughs> I mean, have we ever seen him go to class? No. Yeah, they just forgot about school completely. They don't yeah, talk, talk about school. Anymore. Yeah, it's like, just put, like, Willow goes to Tara's room. Mm-hmm. And then they stay in, they stay in Willow. Like Willow goes to Tara's room, mm-hmm. and then Buffy stays. They just stay there in Buffy's room. Lock the door. Well, the initiative. They're knows. inept. Uh, they're inept. No, they know. They clearly know the campus well. They arrest people in the middle of the day. So they go to the school. I don't know. I just hate it. I think it's not a bad look. It is a weird choice, but I think it's a good choice because they could find you anywhere else. They know Willow's dorm. They know. I mean, Tara would be the best one, honestly, because she's an unknown entity. They should just go to Buffy's mom's house because even the initiative is going to know that they're not close. (laughs) (laughs) And I did say that. You could say it at the mom's place. Um, Joyce. It's true. I mean, have you even heard about Joyce in months? Oh my God. God. I forgot. Like, throw that fucking flask away. You freak. Okay, let's not say something we'll uh, regret later, okay? Crazy freak, vapid whore, like that. Oh, yeah, it definitely gave me an adrenaline rush the first time. Oh, God. Upsetting. Winnie, you can come in now. Winifred!
you're allowed to be in here. Actually, I, I was thinking so it'd be sort of like Pet. You know, we could we could name her Trixie or Miss Kitty Fantastico or something. All sorts of fun debris. Debris that you can eat. There's some petals on the ground. Inevitably, there's. You're smelly. Oh yeah, you've got a smell about you. I can smell the sunrise a lot before it comes. Oh, there. That's just what I want. Get up! Nope. Wrong, wrong way. The wrong way. Wrong way. Like she knows or cares. Yeah, she doesn't know. She doesn't care. That's for damn sure. Both things. And once again, the gold medal in the being wrong event goes to. I would like very much at this moment in time to be updated on our watches. I need to be kept abreast. Xander construction outfit watch. No. Yeah. Maroon jacket watch. No. Yeah. Force escape for Riley watch. Hell yeah, Riley. We need you downstairs. Beta team got hit. Beta joke. I don't know. <laughs> hey, oh, talking about himself. Whatever. Okay. Uh, <laughs> former Devin Watch. I know. Chips Ahoy. Devin Watch. The former Devin Watch. Hell yeah. No, we never see him. He's only mentioned. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> I'm going to Devin's to see if he's got a place I can crash, but I was hoping that we could talk. And then Chips Ahoy, we do, we do of course, get it because yeah, Spike sure. is all about... I don't know. Fucking um, with Adam? I don't know. Uh, Dauphin watch. No. You should lock the door. Yeah, explicitly told. Mm-hmm. Not only would fucking... What's you should mind name? your locks, Rupert. Oz is walking in, and then Spike. The door was unlocked. You might want to watch that, Rupert. Someone dangerous could get in. Or someone formerly dangerous and currently annoying. Uh, Sandy watch. No. Michael Wicca, Amy Goth watch. Nobody's doing any fucking magic. Um, Books a million. Giles is looking... At the book of city grids, but I don't know any other mm. books that people are looking at, so that's a kind of a no, unless anybody else knows no, any I didn't books. See a book. uh, Streets ahead, no, and biggest KO, no. He doesn't do shit. He was in two scenes. I know. So, you know what is real? Israel. Yes, but also this podcast. Mm. Uh, if you would like to interact with us, we encourage that behavior, and you can do so at Beat Me Pod everywhere: that's Twitter, Tumblr, Instagram, uh, Facebook. We have a Facebook thing, right? I don't know. Who knows? Uh, but what I can tell you is that we have a website, beatmepod.wordpress.com, that'll have a bunch of show notes. So if you want to get more information about each of the episodes we do here, that's a great resource for that. And there's also, if you're in the music side of things, a Spotify playlist that you can find on Spotify called Beat Me Hyphen Funtime Playlist for podcast fans. We are in season four. And that'll contain all the music that we use on this podcast, as well as any music that is featured in the episodes of Buffy the Vampire Slayer that are available on Spotify. Thank you. But I think it's time to rank this sucker. Willow hacks. We talk about the net. Now, Willow did not do any hacking, nor did she do any spells. No, but when Buffy asked Willow, it's too dangerous to go. Besides, I need you to help Giles hack into the city's electrical grid. I mean, that counts. That, she said that with a straight face. She sure did. She's an actor giving a line. (laughs) (laughs) It was incredible. Yeah. I just would start laughing. I mean, I laughed real hard to that. I, I I gave one point for the Giles Anya. Anya, what the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> the Giles Anya hacking. I had to give it. I had to give it because it did oh, happen, oh. even though it wasn't Willow. Wait, so you're giving six points or one? No, six. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Five is the baseline, so they got I one know. point. We got to give it a six. But how can you lose stuff? How can you ever lose stuff? That's like Remember, three points. Remember, I wrote what you're doing. <laughs> Actually, I should have taken away a point for fucking Adam's modem in his head. There you go. Do it. Five. 
I can't. I already did everything. Oh, my God. (laughs) Uh, Giles, the level of Giles. Man, he, again, just relegated to the sidelines. The pretzel thing made my heart hurt. Mm. Uh, And I guess Snacks is just his role now. His primary function is Snacks. That's all they got for him. I gave it a six. Because, oh, man, he's just not there. All right. Riley ruins everything. So, he almost kills Oz. He almost assassinates Oz, yes. Uh, He says, I'm an anarchist. Uh, but, he did, but it was just a play on the other guy. Right. I mean, Colonel McNamara, Major McNamara, whatever, McNamara, he does set the precedent. He's the one that gives Riley the terrible idea to say he does. that. So he does. Can't really blame him for that. You can't blame him. And I will say that he has growth. Like He has a positive mm-hmm. growth by the end of the episode. He starts by being like, fuck demons, which I get. I know. See, this is where the metaphor thing gets tricky because we're supposed to be like, gay people are bad. But by the end, we like gay people, and it's okay. But you can't really follow that with, with with Riley's trajectory very literally because it's like demons inherently are usually bad. So, like, we can't – it's not a one-to-one. You yeah, see, but, show, you try to make it a one But Willow or – but Buffy was trying to just tell him that sometimes there can be good. Right, because I had sex with a vampire, and I need you to be okay with yeah, it. Yeah, and that's what a lot of it's coming down to. But also, uh, Riley was the one who learned the lesson in the end, which is uh, – you're not a bigot. You were thrown. Right. And that's really the whole thing. It's like you heard some news that didn't comport with your worldview right away. And you freaked out for a second. You freaked out. If you were private and alone, you would have had your own freak out. And then you would have come to and you would have been a productive person the next day. Yep. But instead, we had to watch it in real time. And that's unfortunate. And this happens to people. And it's what happens. And honestly, you're not ready you got for over it. it very quickly. It's right. like within a day. If you want to, you know, like credit work for yeah. it too. You're really just like, all right. I get it. That can be a thing. You're right. Yeah. Oz showed me the light. He's a werewolf. And it, okay. and, it, and it worked out for Buffy, too. Buffy was almost just talking to herself. She was saying, I was thrown. Oh, no, that's 100% what it is. Yeah, I know. I yeah. know, but it also worked for him. It was just, yeah. it was, so it I was gave, everything. So I, I gave good old Riley a six because I think that too, he, too well. he did a good job in the end. More good than bad in this episode, I would say, in the end. Monster of the Week. Whew. Is Oz the villain? Is Oz the bad guy? Is Adam, I mean... I argue it's Riley. Inarguably, Ooh, Adam is a bad guy. Oh, God. Dude, he's uh, the, initi- the show. I, the initiative, is the initiative the bad guy? And by extension, maybe Riley? Who knows? No, not Riley. I do know. Not Riley. I decided. Uh, the Wendigo, which we don't actually name, and it's not... I've just decided that it's a Wendigo because they... They never actually say the word Wendigo in the series. It's only ever in the comic. Anyway, the demon that looks like a werewolf that isn't a werewolf that attacks and And they never talk about it. Never talk about it. Never show it again. Never. Is it our heterosexual assumptions of relationships? Oh. In demon form? Absolutely. Uh, Is that the bad guy? Is that the, 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 yeah, yeah. What we're saying is that there's no bad guy. Zero of ten. Or ten of ten. Five. Wow, really I can't hedge the bets. I can't. Well, because <laughs> I don't know who the bad guy is, so I can't say it's good or bad because I don't know who the bad guy is. All right, so wow, we're gonna take a while on this one. Relationship goodness or badness? So obviously, the biggest relationships here are Willow and Oz, and Willow and Tara, and Tara and Oz, right? Like, like mm-hmm. those are our biggest interactive actors. And obviously, we got um, Buffy and uh, Riley too. So I want to talk about Daniel Oz Osborne for a moment. Yes. When he leaves, he leaves mostly because he does something shitty to Willow. Instead of sticking around and fixing their relationship, he decides to blame it on being a werewolf and leave town. Right? Right. So, he says a line in this episode, which I really take issue with, which is, I can be what you need now. Implying that he wasn't ever enough for Willow, that she ever had a problem with him being a werewolf or being a good boyfriend. 
and it, like, and that's simply not the case. So I don't know why we decided that Oz needed to go on this quest to make himself better for Willow. She was okay with what the relationship was. And if anything, I would say that it was a much better situation than what he's just brought upon himself because now he can turn into a werewolf at any moment. Before, we could at least be like, we know you're going to be a werewolf from 28th to the 31st in this month, so let's put you in a cage on those nights. Now it's like, ah, I have feelings, and now I'm a werewolf, which is a much more dangerous situation. So I don't understand that line or why suddenly we're supposed to think that. And the only thing I can come up with is that the writers needed an excuse to like make this work because the real reason he's not on the show is because Seth Green didn't want to be on the show. It has nothing to do with Oz and their character arc could have, I don't think they would have ever really broken up or maybe they would have, but like, I'm glad it all shook out the way it did. Cause I love Tara and I'm glad this whole thing happened, but like it's disingenuous to say that Oz really needed to leave. So I think that maybe this is the way of like, no, no, I needed to do this soul searching. I need to do this for us so that it makes sense for him to leave and then come back. I mean, he did leave her. I think I, I, I see it as like all of the all of the chanting and all of the ornaments and all of the stuff never worked. It was always a broken heart. It was always him making a bad decision. He made bad decisions. When he says that I can be better, he was he was enough before. Yeah. And I think he's just internalizing that and thinking that he wasn't and that these are the things I needed to do to be better when that's not even what Willow wanted. Because it's not true. Everything he said is not true. Um as for him having to leave for it, I don't know. I can get, like, so in this particular instance, I kind of have to do what I do with Tara all the time, which is, like, we don't get a lot of his backstory. In fact, one of his main characteristics is that he doesn't speak a lot, right? Yeah. So there could be, but he talks to Willow, right? So there could have been a lot of moments in their relationship where he was really struggling with this the whole time, where he was feeling unsafe about being a werewolf and just, like, really tackling like uh struggling with that with with willow the whole time and then maybe it was an issue in their relationship but we never talked about it the odds that we got in this season who cheats on her that does all of those things either that was something that was always sort of a possibility with Oz, and it just happened or he knew it was a possibility and he can't believe it happened and that's why he bailed and then he went off and learned all this stuff and he came back when really none of that stuff did anything he didn't really heal himself he didn't really do anything he didn't become a different person he just went out and found a bunch of you know drugs and fucking charms and stuff that will make him look different. It, it's a party trick. Mm. Like, ah, I'm, I'm under the mood. I'm fine. Everything's fine. When really I didn't do anything to be, to be better. Oh, sure. Like I mean, to emotionally change. I yeah. just changed my physical, like I stopped the werewolf part. But and so even at the end, when it's, when it's like, I can't, don't tell me about you and Tara. Don't tell me anything. At least it's being honest. Like I, nobody wants to hear that kind of stuff. You know, it's like, I loved you. I came back because I thought we would just be automatically together again. And that we can't be so, what do I have here? I mean, what does what does Oz have? Devin, <laughs> you know, he's of course gonna leave. I mean, hidden leaving, I think makes make sense in that way. But what else is he gonna do? Oh yeah, no, not sticking around. That does make a lot of sense. Uh, Stacia, do you think that Willow made a would have possibly made a different decision if Oz was had not wolfed out? If he was actually you know like safe, quote unquote, because he was no longer transfer, transforming. Hmm. Huh. Hard to say. I'm not sure, honestly. I just thought about that this time around watching the episode because while it wouldn't have ever been a possibility realistically because Seth Green was not going to be on the show, um, I do wonder be- that would be a factor, right? Like, Oh, this would have been a really kind of delicious arc. I mean, even when like uh, Buffy and uh, Buffy was talking with Willow 
and Willow was just like, yeah, it's weird, but what was it? Um, I, I could feel it all coming back. I don't know. It's Oz, you know? Like, yeah, we fucking know. Like, you don't even have to explain it. Like, we all understand exactly what Willow's saying. Right. And that sort of presence alone, like, if you were to put him there for, like, five episodes or something, it would be incredibly fun to watch yeah. just because Zalas and Anakin gets to fucking play with that. Sure. But so that's too bad that it's only one episode and it was too bad that he left on one episode, right? right? It's like all of this great emotional stuff that Allison gets to do in one episode would have just been probably prolonged. But and again, I'm glad that it didn't work out the way because I love Tara and I'm glad they're together, but like they needed this to happen though. I feel yeah. like I'd, I would have much rather Daniel Osborne not be a fucking like just person, you know, kind of like faith, unfortunately, that we would just pull in in season six for no reason. I feel like this way it's almost them saying goodbye to Seth Green as well. Yeah. Like, we're okay with maybe bringing you back in some form, but it's it will not be coming after Willow again. Right. You will be something else. Which I think was also show. important for the viewers who were not necessarily yeah. agreeing with or on board with Willow and Tara's relationship right yes. now. So we're saying... Even Oz is like, she. we are hearing from Willow's mouth, I choose Tara, Mm -hmm. which you could be ambiguous. If Oz never comes back, then it'd be like, well, you know, she's just with Tara because Tara's around. Like, you know, but once Oz comes back. Which is fun for the the moment. But yeah, because if Oz was never going to come back, I feel like you would, they would have to convey it somehow. I just feel like they would do it in like a line or something or like a letter he gets, she gets, or I don't know, because I think it would always be a question. Unless you just ignored it completely, yeah, which, which would be not the, and that's probably the better way to do it. But it it would always be weird, right? Like, yeah, Oz I mean, I think this was there. was really good that they. Chose and it's a nice little thing. I mean, it's like it's really schmaltzy and stuff. Where it's just like, I'll see you in Constantinople or whatever, in Istanbul, in my blue hair or whatever. And it's like, oh, that's that's sweet. That's what couples always say to one another, and that's nice. But that's what you say when you're breaking up, right? And you're really not going to see each other again, except they do. And she's pissed about it. <laughs> his happy, his happy life and family. Yeah. But I, that's like a, that's a nice arc for for Oz. Like it kind of proves that Oz didn't do anything to help himself. And when he left this time, he actually instead of trying to do it, he accepted it that this is my life. I can't change it because I could go the fucking angel spike route. I could start playing with darker forces and get my soul back or whatever the fuck you do to not be a werewolf. But what if I just accepted being a werewolf? What if I just try to live like this? Yeah, that's what he did. And, then, and became a responsible person in the world doing it. I mean, Oz really makes it out in the end. He makes it out well in the end. And I think Willow makes it out terribly. I mean, not only does she gaslight the fuck out of Tara, like, in almost immediately after after this is over, she's going to start immediately. But, like, she's miserable. Yeah. And she's going to alternate universes to fucking enjoy her dark Her dark self rules multiple universes. What? Meanwhile, it's terrible. Oz is just chilling. Oz is just enjoying yaks, life. cheese, and he, absolutely. Loving, loving it. Oz wins. He does. I mean, that's how it all plays out. Which is why she feels real shitty when she sees him. As she fucking should. Yeah. Not who for any of this stuff. the but... one who loses a breakup. Oh, yeah. And you don't learn about it till way after. And after the terror stuff and after, you know, losing your dark self the first time and then indulging in it the second time and indulging in it in maybe a worse way in all these alternate worlds or who knows what happened. I don't know. Fuck it up. But no tears for us. He's fine. Yeah, he he he's fine. So Tara and Willow, right? I think that Willow and especially Allison Hannigan in the scene where Willow is basically coming out. Uh, I mean, she is to Buffy was played so well because again, in the vein of this show is not doing this for ratings and we're doing it in a way that's affirming and accepting and where other shows have never done it. Buffy does take a second. She does freak out. And I would think that anybody, not even necessarily that Willow's saying I'm dating a girl, just like, I feel like I've been lied 
to, right? Like, who's this fucking person? I don't know. Not, not like, who's Willow, but who's Tara? What, 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 what? I think it was more Buffy like, oh, this is shocking, than it was like, uh, I'm upset. Okay, I- I'm all with the woo-hoo here, and you're not. No, there's woo and, and who. But there's uh-oh, and why now? And it's complicated. Why complicated? It's complicated because of Tara. You mean Tara has a crush on us? No, you... Oh. Maybe it could have been a little bit... I don't know. Who knows? I don't think it was upset. Maybe it's almost like all all you do for them is gab about boys. And it's like this girl has been right underneath my nose the whole time. And I never knew that she was like into her. So we never got to have the conversations about gabbing about significant others because I didn't even know. And so it's like this whole part of our friendship is like gone because she felt like she couldn't do that with me. Or I was so wrapped up in Riley that I didn't even notice. Which is true. I think there's a lot of the guilt. There's a lot of guilt in there with like, God, I don't notice anything anymore. Yeah. Yeah, because you that don't. Riley. Yes. Give me that Riley. Uh, specifically in that scene, though, there's a moment right before um, com- when Buffy's like, complicated, why complicated? And then Allison Hannigan takes beat where she decides, like in that moment where she's like, I'm going to fucking say it. It's complicated because of Tara. And it's just like that. That was it. That was her whole coming out. Buffy's coming out as a slayer was way more traumatic than that moment. And I just like, have you tried not being a slayer? Like, that <laughs> was way more fucked up. And I'm so glad that this is just like such a non-event because no one had done that before. Yeah, so cool. And it's just so nice. Uh, they finally get together, and it's finally a real thing. I can't believe it. And some of it's real melodramatic and bad. I understand that Tara has a stutter. I understand that's part of her character. I'm throwing no shade on people with stutters. However, the way they choose to use it really sucks the momentum out of a scene sometimes. Because mm-hmm. like the, the <laughs> Tara dragging her hand over Willow's face and happy is just like too, too much. And I, I love yeah. that, but oh my God, it's tough. Uh I, 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 she does so great even beyond, beyond that though. Like when she got up at the very beginning when Oz walked in and she's like, I have to go to study group or whatever. Yeah. Genuinely heartbreaking. I yeah. was so sad. Especially because we get a, such cute moments between the two of them at the Scooby meeting right before that. Like when they're on the stools and she's like, I'm over explaining, aren't I? Yes. And like the face that Terry gives her, just like, that's why they're the best. Cause they're so fucking cute. And it's just like, yeah. I can't believe we got it. Do you remember so- when Oz opened the door? For Tara and Willow had stepped out one second before and was in the hallway, and Tara just walked up and instead of saying "Hey Willow," knocked on the door and found Oz, <laughs> and then Tara's left, and then Willow walked in. Willow walked in one second after and didn't say hello to Tara walking away. Who she could definitely see. Who she could definitely see. Do we Wait, all remember that? Right. That I mean, what wild. you don't know is that dorm room is actually a door to like different dimensions. So yeah, like the bathroom, yeah. like if you close it in the right way, it goes straight to the bathroom. It's incredible. Uh, if you close it in a different way, it goes to the hallway. So that's so, like Willow went straight to the bathroom, right. which you could not be seen transiting, transiting, transporting just either way. So. Incredible. It does seem really weird that she wouldn't just go to the bathroom because it's like perfect. Now I have a moment alone with Willow to talk about what the fuck is going on. She's and, just like, no, bye. And even she, even what I said, yeah. she just went right to the bathroom. Yeah. Oh, okay, uh, thanks. Yeah. Go there. So then. weird. Would have been great. Um, and then Oz and Tara. Oz. So the only other time in the show he yells is at mm-hmm. Veruca, right? Yeah, right. And now he's yelling at another lady. Not a great look, Daniel Osborne. But no. Uh, 
It's scary when he gets the that. demon in him, right? He's he's turning in. I mean, I liked it though when he was like, "Run!" Like, yeah. That's good. Mm-hmm. It was good. At least he's there. Although every time they showed the hand, the puppet hand thing, oh, not puppet, yeah. but like hairy hand, is real bad it's because hand. it's so far transformed versus the rest of his body. It's always so weird. Oh, I would also say Buffy and Riley start obviously at the beginning of the episode in a bad place because Buffy's like, "You're a bigot. You don't understand." Yep. And then at the end, he's like, yeah, you can tell me anything. And that's definitely not going to send me into a spiral that makes me, you know, sleep with vampire prostitutes and then eventually leave for the military. So it'll all be fine. I can handle this. I definitely can handle this. Gotta say, I'm surprised. I didn't think Willow was that kind of girl. What kind of girl? Into dangerous guys. Uh, But, I mean, they do end in a good place. And obviously... I can't not give this a 10 out of 10 because... Wow. Because it's Willow and Tara. We finally get confirmation what we've already known for episodes that they are, in fact, together. So sorry for that extended relationship ranking, but there you go. 10 out of 10. Episode specific. Come on. Basic lesbian taking over. Uh, You have to be with the person you love. I am. 10 out of 10 also. (laughs) It's extra flamey. Is that when she does it? Well, then they're just like, you mean? I mean. Oh. And then something that's akin to, I'm sorry for everything I put you through. I'm going to start making it up to you right now. Oh, yeah, right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. And in fact, the, like, one of several Willow and Tara message boards was named Extra Flamey. Nice. Because yes. the candle, because they fuck. Anyway. Ta-da, and they da. have fucked before, so it's really not a big deal. <laughs> <laughs> well, we don't know. We I mean, we, they magicked before. Did they, they fuck? We don't before. know. They did. Oh, God. 43. That's what's it at episode seven for the season. Uh, that is right beneath Actually, fear itself and right above wild at heart. So, the last couple of Oz episodes. Here we go. Right in the middle. Stacia? Okay. Hmm. Where did you rank this episode? Oh. <laughs> I forgot that's over your doing. <laughs> <laughs> um, I ranked this 28 out of 75. Um, Hi. So, yeah, it's high ish. So it's below Homecoming and Inca Mummy Girl and above Gingerbread and Living Conditions. Okay. Yeah. Okay. The initiative really fucks us up. Although we do get the I scene. I mean, that's the problem. Like, the scenes with Tara and Willow are sweet, and it's nice to have sort of like a bookend on the Willow Oz relationship because it ended just so abruptly, but the initiative is awful. Riley saying, I'm an anarchist, sir, yeah. is like some of the worst written line of television I've ever seen in my <laughs> life. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think this is Marty's strongest effort. No. I, and at first, like, when we were talking, I was like, I liked that it was not, that it was ambiguous, right? They didn't come out and say it. But as I watched it, I kind of wanted them to say it. And I, I know that's probably just, like, watching it again. You're kind of like, oh, fucking just say it. Just fucking say. Say. Just uh, say that, it not, don't allude to things. Everything's an illusion. Everyone's oh. like, mm. oh, yeah, you know, because of Tara, because of this. Like, uh, you know, that kind of, right. Just kind of say it. Right. And then talking in this episode with you guys, it makes me like that they don't come out and declare it, which is my first opinion. I like that they didn't. And then I wanted to give it less points because they weren't declaring it. But now I'm like, ah, that's probably the strength of the episode is that they don't do it because. And we do immediately in the next episode. Declare. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't need the declaration. I but just, it's still, it is nice. I think it's nice for the viewer. It's nice as like a lesbian watching the show. Yeah. Like that Willow is confidently saying, Tara's my girlfriend. Yeah, and I just don't want to like go on because, what, you know, you can read it in a good way and have a really good episode, but then you go to the next episode and then we're all still not, you know, are we, I don't want to keep doing this for multiple episodes. Right. And we right? don't. And thank God it's over the next episode. That's all I want. But yeah. regardless, I don't know. This is probably, 
it's not that not that great. Um, so I was trying to put it in in the spot that I thought that it fit in. So I'm putting it at number sixty three out of one hundred thirty seven. That's, that's still high too. That's um, an upper third, right? Yes, ish. Yeah, it's. I mean, other episodes this season that are better. I have Wild at Heart at fifty one. Mm-hmm. I have Who Are You yeah. even Wild at fifty six, and I hate Faith. So I don't know. That's, <laughs> and, and that's higher. That's damning. But then I saw Phases, and I was like, and that was our first big. Oz episode, and I was like, oh, okay. Well, this is the trilogy. Uh, out of the mouth of Marty Knox, and it's it's phases Wild at Heart in this one. So Wild at Heart would be my my be- my favorite one. Uh, phases is at sixty two, and this one's sixty three. So I think this is worse than Phases, just because it was so new back then. That's why. And our love. kids were just kids; they're just babies, and now they're grown adults, and life is complicated. So yeah, um, it's sixty three out of one thirty seven. I think that's totally fair. Yes. Well. I know this was a big one, and I hope that I gave the emotional gravity that I think it deserves, because while the episode itself wasn't the best, because of all the initiative shit, but collapsible crossbow, now I'm fucking keyed in, man. I'm looking for that everywhere, because it's like, was it before Superstar? Obviously, I won't know, because we've already passed that episode, but we did. every time I fucking see it, which I think we see a lot. Yes. It was in this episode. Anyway, uh, I hope you enjoyed it. I, I did. I did. I'm glad. It was fun to revisit this and like... We're going to see you next time for the Yoko Factor, which is probably one of my favorite episodes of the season because it's very funny. But I have a bad feeling that I'm going to watch it again and be like, this episode actually sucks, except for that one scene that's very funny. But uh, stay tuned for that. Daniel, say goodbye. Tomorrow I'm going to institute a court-martial to investigate the extent of If the Apocalypse Comes Beat Me's involvement with the Slayer and her band of freaks, their anarchist Finn, too backwards for the real world. Oh, yeah. Stacia, are you an anarchist that's too backward, backwards for the real world? I, yeah, I am. Fantastic. Is that your way of saying goodbye? Goodbye. (laughs) Thanks so much for listening. Goodbye. Do anarchists say goodbye? It's much more punk rock to leave. (laughs) I was waiting. I feel like some part of me will always be waiting for you. But now it's not that time, I guess. No. <laughs>